Zach, Mead and I are back from our abrupt six-month vacation. Oh. Uh-oh. Uh, why now? What's the matter? You weren't just standing around waiting for me? Uh, Kyle, no. Things have changed. I've changed. I got a new cat. Wow. If I were a werewolf, I'd get really angry and change right about now. It's okay. I'll still love Mead forever. I guess it made no real sense for you to just be okay with us doing a terrible thing and then leaving immediately and returning with no notice. Well, yeah, kind of. Is the cat a lesbian, at least? Oh, hell yeah. I'll allow it, then. This week, the Buffy gays converse over dramatic underscoring to discuss Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 4, Episode 19, New Moon Rising. We'll find out our military boyfriend is biased against demons while we break down the episode and share some behind-the-scenes trivia. We'll get so angry that our ex isn't single that we'll turn into a werewolf and rate the episode on a scale of 1 to 10 stakes. And we'll discuss the queer themes and gayest moments of the episode. It's going to be really hard for this one. Uh, While poorly hiding our surprise that our friend is a gay. (gasps) So grab some tissues, figure out a way to squeeze the big bad into a late season episode. And speaking of which, don't forget to come with Adam on this week's episode of... A Buffy Uh, Gaze. She's all over you. You know that. When are we going to start podcasting? Oh, yeah. Pretty much now. (laughs) Hello, all. I'm Kyle. And I'm Zach. And we're a couple of small town gays who love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Together, we'll examine each episode of this trailblazing series through the lens of our own queer experiences. We'll dive deep into the stacks to break down each episode share some behind-the-scenes trivia at Scooby meetings, and explore queer themes as we stand against the forces of darkness. So whether you're a first-time watcher or you've been a fan since the old ones walked the earth, we invite you to join weekly patrols of the Sunnydale streets with your Buffy Buffy Gaze. Zachary. Hello, Kyleishree. <laughs> not your best work. Your best. I gotta work. say, you've been. S- you, I thought you had a comeback. Okay, here we go. Kyle, oh. let's try it again. Try it again. Okay. Start over. Hello, Zachary. Hello, Kylexis. Okay, that's right. There we go. I'm a little bit Kylexis. <laughs> la, wait, la, I'm la, a little la, bit. La. I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit. Kyle, la, 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 la. <laughs> a little bit Kylexis. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Kylexus. <laughs> Kylexus. Uh, I was trying to think of something Morwa says to Alexis, but she never says anything to Alexis. <laughs> That's more Kylexus's ballywick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but if I'm Kylexus, then you're Zachid. You can't combine David and Zach. It doesn't work. Devac, mm. it doesn't it doesn't work. Mm-mm. I I'm the chosen one. Now as good as Kylexis. Not not nearly. Zachary. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Zachavid. Zachavid, but s- that's too many syllables though. So. <laughs> Zachary, that would be a good mo- a na- a good name for Mora to say. Mm. Zachary. Anyway, <laughs> is this a Shit's Creek podcast? Yeah, it changed. <laughs> 
do you have any trivia for uh, New Moon Rising? I see New Moon Rising. Yeah, New Moon Rising. First aired on Tuesday, May 2nd, 2000. The episode was directed by James A. Contner. <laughs> welcome back, Contner. Um, welcome back, Contner. Famous uh, TV series from the 70s. Um, <laughs> anyway, this episode is already unhinged. So, so let's ass. see. Well, oh, so this is Seth Green's first time in season four as a guest star mm-hmm. so uh he is no longer part of the main cast of course yes um and so he is no longer in the introitus correct um let's see what else have we got um there's most of the other stuff i think i want to say with him uh oh the so i think we may have talked about this once before but apparently after this episode aired, a bunch of internet nerds sent Joss Whedon an engraved toaster. Oh, yeah. And that is like a reference to the coming out episode of Ellen. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, which I guess there's this running joke that... Uh, when you come out of every skate, time you, get, you a toaster. get a toaster for joining. Yes. So uh, there's that. And uh, the New York Daily News referred to this as a landmark in TV history. Because of the implied kiss <laughs> between Tara and Willow at the uh, end. How far we've come in 23 years. Mm, right. <laughs> they were sort of kind of gay. Also, the implied kiss. Mm. Is that what's mm. implied? Well, they didn't say where she kissed. <laughs> <laughs> the implied one, o- one plus kisses. Mm. <laughs> the writer of this episode is Marty Knoxon, executive producer. And uh, that's all I got to say about that. So, Zachary, do you want to give your detail? Oh, wait, excuse me. I always try to read the header instead of (laughs) telling you what to do. Zachary, do you want to give our episode disclaimer? Yes, I do want to do that. Go ahead, Kyle. I won't keep you from it. I mean, Kyle Exus. Um, Kyle Exus. So, this is the segment where we do our deep dive into the episode and we share our thoughts um, our criticisms and our witticisms. And if you haven't seen the entire series, you needn't be afraid, for we shan't spoil anything that happens beyond the episode. Only discuss what happens uh, later with the cheekiest of foreshadowing. Only the cheekiest. Cheek. So let's get the fuck going. Zach, this is not an episode that anyone really cares about ever. I never hear people talk about this episode, but I love this fucking episode, mm. and I think it's fantastic. Even though the uh, actual, like, you know, the uh, the external conflict is like mm. basically nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. I think it's just like a little breather from the emotional stuff in the episode. Mm. And mm. I love this episode, and I'm not afraid to say it. Also, just I just want to say like. There's so much. There is so much underscoring in this episode. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, it is. It is manipulative. It is, uh, <laughs> and it works. <laughs> Christoph Beck really, uh, really yeah. gets you with that. They just were like, Christoph, just take off with it, buddy. Like anytime Oz or Tara is on the screen, it's like, 
It's like, it's like these crazy swelling strings every t- every single time. The real tragedy is that you guys did not see the little dance that he just oh, did yeah, while singing that. Oh, yeah, I was some interpretive dance with my violin uh, <laughs> impression. So Somehow including a lot of hip, even though he's seated. <laughs> I'm, I'm gifted like that, you know? So uh, we begin on a previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and we can tell already that it's going to be a Willow episode and that Oz is going to be back. Right. Because the very first part of it is a werewolf in love, which made me want to puke. (laughs) Which actually happens even before he says previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's true. Uh, And uh, so we remember a bunch of shit about Oz and how he has to leave. We are reminded that Adam exists because you could be forgiven for forgetting because they don't really like showing him on screen. The the chip from Spike. Yes. Uh, The the, uh, lesbokinesis. The LGBTQIA plus ally, the cold drink machine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fierce Brock ally. Willow and Tara doing spells and Tara telling Willow that she's hers. Mm-hmm. And the dramatic underscoring, I believe, starts in the previously on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we start with Tara and Willow walking around outside of school. Uh, and Tara is asking Willow if she likes cats. And <laughs> when we would watch this just now, Zach was like, that's a little on the nose <laughs> for a lesbian. Mm, she likes cats. Mm-hmm. I like your cat, Tara. <laughs> <laughs> Tara wants to get a cat, a sneaky one, because they're not allowed in the dorms. She wants to, <laughs> she wants to get a cat and is asking if she uh, knows any local U-Haul places. <laughs> yes, they're getting ready to move in. Um, I So it's really interesting that Willow's immediate response to this is, oh, it'd be sort of like a familiar. And Tara's like, no, just a pet. And <laughs> you're like, yeah. So Willow's like immediately jumps to the magic thing. Right, because of all their spells. Because of all their spells they do together. Mm. Uh, so <laughs> Tara's brainstorming name. She's like, we could call it Trixie or Miss Kitty Fantastico. Both great drag names. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to stage. Miss Kitty Fantastico. <laughs> that would be... I, f- I bet there's a drag queen na- who's There has to be. There. Isn't there? Okay. Well, yeah. There must be. So uh, Willow's all for it. She's not, and uh, Tara makes sure that she's not allergic because she wants her room to be Willow friendly. Is Willow wearing the sweater that Kathy got ketchup on? It could it looks be. A lot like it. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that, Buffy's but it does look really Buffy's similar. Buffy's little sweater hoodie thing. Uh huh. Uh huh. That was in the the dun dun slow motion. Yes, <laughs> the gayest moment of episode two. Dun dun. Uh, it's, it's, it's possible. It does look really similar, but also uh, this does seem like something Willow would own as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Tara's really excited about the Scooby meeting they're headed to because it's going to be her first. She's never been mm. to a Scooby meeting before. And Willow's like, it's probably just your garden variety disaster. Mm. But we cut to the Scooby meeting at Giles's apartment and Buffy is saying, Zippo! There have been very uneventful patrols. <laughs> and so she's like, my kill count's way down. And uh, Giles is like, you know what that means. And Xander says, yeah, she doesn't make her quota bad slayer, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. And then Riley interestingly shares that things have been super busy for the initiative and they have been they're up to their ears in monsters. Yeah, which, like, how are the initiative getting so many monsters, if Buffy's but not Buffy's not finding she's any? She's getting them all. Yeah, no, I w- it's almost as if 
someone's causing that to happen. Mm-hmm. Almost as if, indeed. Huh. <laughs> so uh, so Giles yeah. thinks that Adam is involved somehow, which, you know, makes sense. Right. I thought at first he was eating a bag of Takis, and then I was like, no, they didn't have the blue Takis back then. <laughs> it turns <laughs> right. out it was pretzels. <laughs> oh, and uh, so when Riley's explaining that, he's like, "They got we got demons coming out of our ears. And Willow's been, like, explaining things to Tara this whole time. Mm-hmm. And this time she's like, that's a metaphor. It just <laughs> means there's a lot of demons. And she's like, oh, I'm overhelping our time. <laughs> that was really cute. T- and I like that Tara doesn't just go like, she's not like, mm-hmm, yeah. She's like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. And then... Uh, Giles makes th- he offers everybody pretzels uh, mm-hmm. and he's he's also like oh it, that's very fascinating when he hears about the initiative thing <laughs> and Anya's like fascinating to an extremely bored person maybe well, this is <laughs> a thrilling hour and then Giles gets pissed at her yeah. he's like I don't appreciate blah 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 but they're interrupted <laughs> by something it's Oz and he they really uh, like that pretty much now line for him they're like when did you get here pretty much now? well i my my favorite part is that w- it's He's like fucked. everyone's uh distracted they're like oh my goodness and the camera goes to him and he just says hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh and also um further evidence that uh, it is even pointed out later in the episode that charles just never locks his door it's true yes <laughs> anybody can walk in any old time so after the uh, intro uh willow's like oz and then tara repeats it she's Mm. like oz so we know that tara knows who oz is and uh she she has a very specific reaction which means that we know tara knows knows who oz is Mm -hmm. like (laughs) and knows all about him uh they ask him when he gets back got back and he's like pretty much now and he has a haircut yeah he does have a haircut and uh yeah (laughs) Uh, i would imagine that would happen after approximately four to six months something like that hair's not as uh fluffy it's true but uh yeah xander's like i hate to sound grandma but you don't call you don't write right i i enjoy xander trying to break the tension here because everyone's just staring at oz silently uh and the uh they're like oh are so are you like here are you just passing through and jazz is like let's not bombard the man with questions would you like some tea <laughs> and i was like i don't i don't know if that's bombarding with him with questions i mean he did show up unannounced and they're just asking if he's going to stay <laughs> so like, right uh gotta prolong that suspense uh and then he said he was hoping to talk to willow and this is where i was like her little necklace choker thing looks like moss it's very odd. Looks like what? Moss? Moss. It's like a fuzzy... It's very weird. Huh. I'm not, I, don't, I don't get it totally. I mean, it's not like ugly or anything. It's just strange. <laughs> All right. I didn't even it's notice. It's like a fuzzy... Show. It sort of looks like she cut the border off of like a towel and made that into a necklace. Huh, I'll have to I'll have to go back and look because I wasn't even I wasn't even paying attention to that. It was distracting to me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Oz is like asks if uh, he and Willow can talk tonight, and Willow's like, uh, I guess she's very shaken. Tara's super nervous. Everybody looks pretty uncomfortable. Yes, everyone is very uncomfortable. Uh, and he he leaves, and Willow's like kind of distressed. <laughs> and Anya says, "Everyone's uncomfortable now." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> Tara's suddenly late for study group. Yep, suddenly, suddenly Seymour, she's late. Mm-hmm. 
suddenly last summer. And so Buffy is a, a very nice friend, and she checks in on Willow, and she's like, "Hey, are you okay?" <laughs> it, it's kind of like a dick move, honestly, to do Oz. What yeah. Oz just did, like, how about I don't know, maybe show up to her room or something, like. Yeah, I do. I feel like the I guess like the Seth Green having to go leave to do other stuff. Um, I don't know how much of that like really fucked with their plans or whatever, but uh-huh. I don't know. He does sort of not get the best send off. Oh, I think I actually think this episode is a pretty fantastic. Send-off a lot better than the last episode. He was yeah, in. and I don't think they meant. I don't think they wrote this to be Oz being a dick. <laughs> like I don't yeah, think that was their just, intention. It's just kind of like unfortunate that it's like so abrupt. And, and uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I I do kind I do buy, buy that Oz would do it. Oh yeah, because sure. e- even you know before Wild at Heart completely assassinated him, and was like, hey, this character has had no development. Let's just make him terrible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I I still would just completely buy like he'd be like he he would be singular minded be like okay, well, I want to go see Willow, so I'll just go see Willow. And so the first right. thing he does is see Willow. When, like, in his mind, this all has been so he can go back to Willow, but it wasn't really, like, super clearly communicated. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we cut to the graveyard where Riley and Buffy are patrolling, and they're talking about what just happened. She's like, yeah, it was a pretty rough breakup. A demon pops out, and they fight it. Riley like breaks its back over a tombstone or something and it I guess they just assume it's dead (laughs) and he's like he like calls the initiative and he's telling them like to come bag it and they're like hey uh we're kind of swamped we'll get there when we can and I was like so you're just gonna leave the demon on the ground like maybe you guys should stay around here just in case (laughs) Uh, so uh, they continue their conversation. Uh, Buffy rem- tells Riley how Oz l- kind of left overnight and Willow was really devastated. And Riley remembers, because remember, he saved her from getting hit by a car in a zombie-like trance. Right. I wonder, it's really funny to me that they made this person get up in this like demon outfit, makeup and everything, just to get like punched and then fall behind a tombstone. <laughs> and not be right. There anymore. But still fun. And, and it's also funny how they're just like having these. It's like they're just kind of. I mean, they are at work. Uh huh. Right, exactly. It's like having this casual conversation. Like, oh, someone just came in. I need to uh, sell them a, I don't know, motorcycle and then we'll talk <laughs> some more. <laughs> yes, Riley, famous motorcycle salesman. I bet, I bet he would sell motorcycles. Sure. <laughs> or campers or something. So uh, Buffy's like, she was to- sh- they were doing really great, and she was totally dealing with Oz being a werewolf. And Riley's like, oh, what? Squeeze me. And I was like, how much experience with werewolves does Riley have? Also, werewolves are not demons. Uh, anyway, I, I don't sympathize even one little bit with Riley in this episode. But, uh, well, not mm. in this aspect of it. Uh, but he's like, wow. And she's like, hence the high emotions. And he's like, I didn't think Willow was that kind of girl. And Buffy's mm-hmm. like, oh, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And you can uh, never have a werewolf daddy because you are not that kind of girl. Because <laughs> you are not that kind of girl. <laughs> and yeah, so then we get the, uh, the bigot conversation. It's really funny that. Um, I don't want to talk about this too much because it's in my queer analysis, but the way that this this part is the part 
the relationship that's kind of experiencing the bigotry uh-huh. in this episode. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> like the, the whole point of it. Like, it's like uh, the juxtaposition of the two. Yeah, it's very. Of them fun. being like, oh, uh, Riley thinks relationships with demon are, uh, you know, unconventional and immoral. With demon. With demon. <laughs> <laughs> famously the plural of demon, relationships demon. with the demon uh but yeah so and then buffy of course is very uh irritated because you know she some history hath boinked a vamp she hath boinked one that's true and um you know like the kids say and <laughs> we have th- mo- <laughs> mother hath mother i regret to you re- regret to inform you i hath boinked <laughs> and i am with child have you seen that TikTok? Is that guy and he's like doing this thing. It's like Cecily, are you throwing ass again? <laughs> I don't think so. Or, I don't know if that's the name. But <laughs> it's like he's like doing these drag like Charlotte or like Bronte era characters, uh-huh. like Jane Austen, not Charlotte Bronte, Jane Austen level characters. Yes, that's that uh, so funny. That but they're like I don't know. They're talking about throwing ass and using millennial <laughs> jargon. <laughs> Uh, oh, this is where I noted that the combo of this like brown, she's like, got like a turtleneck on and then she's got this brown leather jacket and like a white crochet beanie on. And I was like, it's kind of an unconventional, but I think it's a serve. Mm-hmm. I, I really like the uh, jacket has this interesting uh, kind of, uh, I don't know what the term is for leather I- etching. I don't know, man. Embra- embro- no, embro- it's not embroidering. I don't know. Pattern <laughs> around the edge of it. It's really neat. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Look Stamped, at maybe, perhaps. <laughs> Riley gets really defensive after Buffy calls him a bigot, and he's like, I, "I'm just saying, it's weird to date someone who tries to eat you once a month." And I'm like, you know, that's a gross oversimplification, Riley. Like, calm down. Not all not all werewolves, you know. Mm. <laughs> so uh, she's like, "Well, love isn't logical. You can't always be Joe sensible about it. God knows, I haven't been." And uh, it's like both like a her past kind of thing and also like a dig at Riley. Right, right, right. And he's like, I wasn't talking about you. And she's like, let's just not talk about it and let's patrol. <laughs> patrol. Let's patrol. Uh, what? And then we get this uh, conversation between Oz and uh, Willow that's a lot of, uh, <laughs> it's like call and response. It's like, hey, hey. Yes. <laughs> Willow invites him in. Uh, and he's like, uh. <laughs> so he says, I, I actually, I want you to come outside. And in my notes, I wrote, actually, I want you to come outside. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, <laughs> 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 uh, and oh, and I was, I took a note. I'm pretty sure Willow has worn this fucking crazy ass, like lined with fucking wool, gigantic long coat thing before yes. i'm pretty sure she's worn it before and but i was I like think it's it the was, coat again but i think it was i think the last time i remember seeing her wear it was when she was with oz <gasps> perhaps so because i was wondering that i had i did not check this at all uh-huh. but i'm pretty sure it was i would not be surprised so i'm thinking it's like a a wardrobe throwback come on wardrobe I, I remember her wearing it when harmony tried to bite her yes um but yeah and they're also both wearing this kind of sherpa fleece jacket yes lining thing going on storyline with that and uh, <laughs> hers just also kind of looks like a that macrame or that afghan that your grandma had on the back of the couch <laughs> that's right uh you know not your grandma specifically kyle just every, <laughs> everyone's grandma 
Yes. <laughs> from like At the, the Royal York Grandma. From like the 70s to like the late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So uh, they go outside, and she's like, this is all so weird. It's like a dream. He tells her to look up at the sky, and it's a full moon. And again, the underscoring. There's so much underscoring this whole time. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I really like it because like it's like playing underneath them. It's like kind of like sort of generic-y, like good, like you know sappy music and then she looks up at the moon and like there's this uh this chord that's like borrowed from another key or something mm-hmm. and it's like sounds like magical and mystical and so mm-hmm. it's really cool sounding if you if you want to notice the underscoring you should go to this scene and like listen when it she looks up at the moon it's really cool yeah and then she's like a full moon and then he's like a full moon i i guess i stopped key- i guess you stopped keeping track after i left and i was like i mean i it seems like L- willow if of everyone, Willow would be the one, even without Oz, to track the moon cycles. Because, like, I don't know, I feel like, you know, she's a witch. Like, I feel like maybe you need specific moon cycles for spells or something. But mm. it, it doesn't, ma- doesn't matter. But I was like, I no, that's in there intentionally because it's like another little kind of signal that she's moved on. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I get that. I mean, <laughs> I was just going. Buffy knew that it was a wolf moon. Yeah, I know. So I was like just like going going outside of, you know, the uh the text for a second. <laughs> no, no, no. I I get it, but I'm just saying why it's there. Yeah, so yeah, that is it it absolutely is one of those uh one of those things that, you know, should be assigned to Oz mm. perhaps, but certainly is assigned to the audience that uh this isn't going to I wonder how many Willow how many Waz people <laughs> We're like, oh my god, are they gonna get back together? Is she gonna dump this stupid bitch? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm sure there were a ton of people who were like, <gasps> Oz is back, right? And then they got their dreams crushed, smash a second time, mm. <laughs> and serves them fucking right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you don't Kyle deserve your ship. Kyle woke up and chose violence I today. Sure, <laughs> I sure did. If you ship Willow and Oz, fuck you. Oh, go All fuck right. yourself. All right. So um, she's like, oh, my God, you did it. How? And he's like, it's a long story. They hug. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's like, it's a long story. I don't know if I can say it right now. I was like, okay, whatever. (laughs) Not this voice. (laughs) So they hug. And it's like. (laughs) It's like a deep hug, too. He, like, grabs her head and, like, pulls her really close. But she's awkward about it. Right. And uh, she's like, this is wonderful you for you. Well, this is wonderful you. This is wonderful for you. And Oz says, Xander, I talked to Xander and he said, you don't have a new guy. And Willow's like, no, no new guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Willow. She doesn't have a new guy. Uh-huh. And so he's like, I know what I put you through. I'm not going to push, but I'm a different person than when I left. And I can be what you need now. And I was like, Oz, how do you know what she needs? Mm. You don't know it. You haven't been here. You don't know. And he says, that's what I want. And that's why I'm here. And I'm just going to, I'm going to go ahead and acknowledge right now that I am, uh, (laughs) I'm being a little bit overcritical of Oz. Okay. Both performatively and because I love Tara so much. Somebody had to say it. (laughs) And and it was me. So I just want to acknowledge before anyone's like, Kyle hates us. So just so you. We sang his praises until he left. We sure sure did. Uh, And then when he left, I verbally curb stomped him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and the writers for never giving him anything the fuck to do. 
So uh, we cut to the Graham squad in the woods, and uh, conveniently Forrest is not there because Forrest needs to not be injured. Mm. <laughs> and uh, there are some bushes rustling. They hear some snarling. What looks to be a werewolf jumps out and attacks them, and it eats one of their faces. Like, it full-on kills a guy. Right. But it has tusks, though. It's not like a werewolf. Yeah. Well, oh, okay. I thought it looked a lot like a werewolf. It I mean, obvious it does because they think it's Oz. Well, and it's there so fast that it's hard to see. But my so the it also looked kind of blue. The weirdest thing to this about this episode to me is that they this monster just goes away mm. and it's never spoken of again. <laughs> right. I thought I think it's hilarious. Purely there just to just make to the initiative guys have a hate boner for werewolves. Right. Exactly. Uh, or monsters in general. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we cut back to Willow's room, and Oz has brought back. I don't know what this is. She has in her hands. It's like I don't know if it's like a like a like a shawl or like some sort of garment or like a blanket or something. I don't know. She's holding like mm. some sort of handmade fabricy thing, and I have no idea what it is. Mm. Uh, he's telling her about Tibet and a warlock who sent him to some monks to learn some meditation techniques. And he's like, they're pretty intense. They're about keeping your inner cool. And <laughs> I love what Willow says in response. She's like, good, because you were such a spaz before. And I'm right. going to remind Willow again that we're not supposed to be using that word. Mm. Just like in Halloween. We have moved on. We sure have. Uh She's like, so you can keep your cool and no more wolfy. And he says, uh, and it's not really that simple. He also has to take some herb, it's herbs, and do some chanting Just and some charms. Some herbs. Oh, so <laughs> oh, some herbs. I wonder how he's taking those herbs. Oh, Oz was already taking those herbs. If those they cured lycanthropy, uh, he wouldn't be a <laughs> werewolf in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, probably right. <laughs> so Willow's like, wow, you've been all around the world. You've got this complete mind-body transformation. And I've just been in here, the same old Sunnydale. And he's like, that doesn't mean you haven't gone through a lot. And uh, she's like, yeah, like telling myself I hated you, cursing your name. Not literally. And she almost did. <laughs> right. Uh, she's She tells him how she thinks she's getting better at magic and stuff like that. And then she notices that it is full-on broad daylight outside, and they have literally stayed up all night talking. And I was like, uh, I could never. I don't care how much I like you. I will not talk to you for, like, 12 hours. Mm. It's easier than you think. Mm. I don't care how easy it is. I, I, there is a point. I, there is a point where I will not, I will just not be able to talk anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know me. Yeah, and then it's time to book. No, I'm just, <laughs> kidding. <laughs> just yeah. kidding. Uh, I can fuck for 12 hours, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, <laughs> speaking of fucking, Oz offers that they could sleep a while, quote unquote. And yeah, because like, after she uh, suggests breakfast, and he like grabs her finger <laughs> when he does it. And she's like, I'll have the less confusing waffles right now. Right, except like, hey, I know we just had this really complicated conversation for 12 hours, but do you want to fuck? Right. Well, and like, it's still in his mind, like she's just kind of been waiting around on him. Right, exactly. And this is what they both want. Uh, so he he agree he to his credit he does agree immediately to do breakfast. So Willow leaves to freshen up, and immediately 
<laughs> I guess Willow leaves in the exact opposite direction that co- Tara's coming from. As, mm. Or maybe and she immediately turns a corner because neither of them seem to see each other. Even though Tara knocks on the door like two seconds after Willow <laughs> leaves. I thought that was really funny. Tara, or Willow actually teleported to the bathroom. Oh, yes. <laughs> they just didn't have the money for the special effects. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's Tara. Oz opens the door and he's like, she's like, oh, I'll come back. And he's like, oh, she'll be right back. Oh, I saw you at Giles's. And she's like, yeah, sometimes Willow takes me to the Scoobies. And her stutter is noticeably more intense. Yes, that's true. She is very, very nervous about this. Uh, and she she just ends up leaving uh, after he in- invites her in again. And he's like, he, she, she closes the door and he's like really confused for a second. Willow comes back and he's like, your friend came by, but she wouldn't stay. And Willow, she's like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's on her face. Yeah, the in the the face acting from Allison Hannigan pretty good this e- this episode. Quite I mean, good. Not quite that good. it's not usually, but right, she just gets a lot of opportunities. Yeah, mm-hmm. she got a lot more screen time this one. Uh, so then we cut to a, a terse morning between Riley and Buffy. I think it's funny that after this argument, like I guess Buffy is just like living in his dorm now because after this argument, instead of going to her dorm, she still sleeps over with him. Um. Fun thing, IMDb kind of pointed out that she's basically wearing the same outfit that Faith was wearing. When oh, she yeah. Was in Buffy's outfit when she uh, was with Riley. Right, right. Um, it looks like the exact same shirt for sure. Mm-hmm. And maybe even the same pants. I don't know. I love, like, it's so conspicuous how, like, the way they have her getting dressed is to, like, show none of her. <laughs> like, right. Show, like, she's. First of all, she's sleeping in this gigantic baggy button-down shirt. She's sleeping in it. <laughs> right, as one does. Uh, and, like, she gets up and, like, throws on her leather pants before she even takes off Riley's shirt. It's really funny to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, uh, he gets, he, like, gets up, and within te- 10 seconds, he's on the, be- on the floor doing push-ups. And I'm certain that there are people who do that. But I w- I'm like, I have to lay in bed and either, like, ju- just, like, doze and do nothing or, like, scroll on TikTok for 15 minutes. Like, mm-hmm. I, it's not, e- not even physically or anything. I just cannot, like, my brain cannot take in the world 10 seconds after I wake up. You are very anti-stimulus or anti-stimulation when you wake up. Yes. I tested it <laughs> oh, he's <laughs> tested it, everyone. Because <laughs> I'll yeah, just like you say something to you and you come out and you're like, yeah, well, cause, well, well, yeah, because we have, I mean, you would probably be do similar. But so we we have like different, very different sleeping schedules. So Zachary is awake for several hours often when I wake up. And so I will come out of the bedroom and we he will try to have a full, he will like, just start in like a paragraph describing something, ha- trying to have a conversation with me. I'm, and I'm like, I can, I cannot process this right now. Yeah, he doesn't say that. He's I like, just woke Meh. up. I, I, yeah. Right. I just do whatever I'm doing to, you know, wake my brain up to the world. And I just give like, do the like, uh huh. Yeah. That kind of thing. <laughs> so fire bad, fire bad tree. Pretty. So, <laughs> Oh, Willow, uh, not Willow. Buffy's like, are those regulation? You do those every morning. She's <laughs> like, she's really, she just really woke up on the wrong side of the bed. And he's yeah, like, like, he kind of immediately, before she even got up, he sort of tried to 
do like a cuddly thing and she was like <laughs> yeah like she got away from him uh-huh, she also immediately got up uh and she's like the do you are you now gonna have your perfectly balanced breakfast and then call your mother <laughs> <laughs> she's like mr fucking per it's like uh since you're so fucking perfect and you have your degree you know that sound on tiktok no oh, gosh zach you don't do internet stuff enough i don't we just you know that you can when you like one thing on tiktok you just see 10 i know but it's that all thing. that's all over the place or was all over the place anyway it's like it, it's like this person who's like since you have your degree you know fucking everything or something like that mm. that's what that's what buffy is giving me right now mm. yes and uh, he's like, all right, I've been up less than a minute and somehow I pissed you off. Uh, which, you know, I sort of, you know, I, f- I sort of feel like, like <laughs> I would probably feel the same way if that happened to me. Mm. If I was Riley. Uh, she's like, I'll just go. <laughs> and it's residual piss off from last night, obviously. Clearly. But I'd be like, okay, could you like, instead of being, being pissy with pissy, me, like, right. yeah, could you like say something? Could we be very direct here? Yeah. Then it wouldn't be a TV We can't show. talk about our feelings on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We have to let them build up. Right, right. Or else Joss Whedon won't get the tears he needs. Or it's like how every episode of every sitcom could be solved if they just spoke in complete sentences to each other. Mm-hmm. Like every problem ever. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, so she, but to her credit, she does now actually talk about what's bothering her. She's like, oh, you just sound like Mr. Joe Initiative. Demons bad, people good. And he's like, is there something wrong with that? Uh, she mentions, oh, there's different degrees of, and he says, evil, and he's very confrontant. Again, Riley, she knows more about this than you. I, I thought you had gotten this, it's but I guess you don't understand yet. I mean, I guess, okay, so it sort of makes sense that he's a military guy, so he would have a little bit more myopic view of it. Uh-huh. But it is really interesting to me that these government people are supposed to be, like, scientists, Right. And, and are supposed to be studying these things as if they're like regular biological creatures. But they and also they're, yeah. yeah, they're assigning the sense of like morality. Exactly. To them. They have this like religious type it's, it's not so crazy. Really science. It's not really how science works. Right. And so we have a friend who's like wh- a big pet peeve of hers in TV and movies is evil scientists. It's probably just because she herself is a scientist. Well, and also it's not evil as far as we know. <laughs> as far as we know. Uh, she is trying to ha- cure cancer. Yeah. So, but they, <laughs> it is really funny because you like start to notice that like, yeah, so often the scientist is the evil one, but like science that's not what scientists do like right people have this idea of scientists even like not in movies and tv and stuff that like scientists are just out to like prove their own beliefs and stuff like that uh which is not what scientists scientists are the first people to be like i have no idea how anything works yeah it's it's like (laughs) exactly it's like not that we're saying yes this definitely it's we're asking questions about it right exactly but like Anyway, uh, we can get into how ridiculous the scientists are later. Oh, yeah. But there's plenty more it's, time. Uh, it's just, like, so wild that there's, like, this morality, mor- morality <laughs> component with them. At least it's government scientists. I- I'll buy that government scientists are evil. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so Sorry, government scientists. Right. She says it's different with demons. Some of them are not are different with different demons. Some of them aren't evil at all. And he says, name one. And 
thankfully, before they can get into this conversation, thankfully for Buffy, Forrest barges into Riley's room. He's like, we need you downstairs. We lost Willis. Is Willis the guy from the last episode who got burned by the fireplace? No, his name, he... That was a had a different. He name. had a different name. It was like an M name, I think. Yeah, I was thinking it might be M I as don't well. Remember. Well, sorry, anyway. Willis. I don't know who you are. And they were like, "What you talking about, Willis?" And then they're like, "He's dead." And they're like, "Oh, that's not an appropriate." <laughs> Just kidding. You know that happened. Uh, yes. There was no different strokes reference. So yes. So Forrest is like, Graham is still walking. Uh, we're gonna go hunt for it. And Buffy asks, "What kind of demon?" And Riley says, "Does it matter?" I mean, yeah, kind of a lot. Yeah, it matters a whole lot. Like, like even if if it was a giant spider demon that could shoot acid webs, you would want to know that. Yeah, if it was like a demon where if you like get its blood on you or whatever, you start hearing everyone's thoughts. Yeah, like I mean, even for. <laughs> Not for I uh, obviously they're going for the emotional like he is judging all supernatural creatures thing, right? Uh huh. But it's like I mean from even just like a basic tactical perspective, you would want to know anything at all about it. <laughs> it's very it's very <laughs> what interesting. does it even fucking look like? Right. It's very interesting because there's the whole like phenomenon of the like quote unquote ally straight girl whose boyfriend is a homophobic piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we're getting right now. It is for real, for real. For real, for real. So uh <laughs> again, Riley, Buffy knows about this stuff. She's been fighting demons since before you could shave. But he's mad that a demon hurt, killed his buddy. I mean, valid. But like, you know, maybe, I don't know. Maybe they would just not be so useless if they weren't so terrible at their job all the time. Right, exactly. Uh, maybe you should be good at what you do and then you're not useless. Wild. Perhaps. So Buffy goes back to her. Yeah, good. Yes, Buffy goes back to her in Willow's room. Uh, the scene is fantastic. And this scene makes me misty-eyed every single time. Mm-hmm. So uh, she asks if Willow's okay, or Willow asks if she's okay. Buffy does not want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she wants to hear about Willow and Oz. So uh, Willow talks about how she was with him all night. And it Buffy is like, that was a wolf moon, Yeah, right? immediately. She's like, a wolf moon? Holy shit. And it makes sense that Buffy would continue to keep track because Buffy sometimes has to fight werewolves. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I wonder if every, like, f- those three days around the full moon, if every time she's like, okay, are there werewolves tonight? Because sometimes there are werewolves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really, it's just really funny to me that, uh, like, I'm just imagine, imagining Buffy, and she has her just, like, regular Slayer duties, and she's patrolling, and then it gets to be the full moon, and she's like, okay, there's another thing I have to worry about. Right. I just, it's, the idea of it's very funny to me. Plus the mystical timing and rituals and things that probably... Right, everyone's always doing their spells during the full moon. It's like that whole thing about how, like, teachers are always like, oh, it must be the full moon. Uh, don't get me don't, don't get me started on the full moon again, Zachary. You remember what happened last time. Mm. I'm not... You you were going to have to find that if you wanted to cut that out. <laughs> Sorry about my slorp. You slorped while I was talking, you little bitch. Sometimes it makes a sound, and I don't ever know when it's going to make the sound. <laughs> kind of like me. Uh. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, oh, first of all, I love how Buffy's like, oh, that either something really kinky happened, or and right. I like that Buffy considered that as a possibility. Right. 
that and Willow's into werewolf bony. Right. But Willow explains uh, everything that Oz told her, and uh, Buffy's like, wow, I can't believe it. Uh, I also can't believe how I'm all with the woohoo and you're not. It's <laughs> like, there's woo and who, but there's uh-oh and why now? And it's, it's complicated. complicated. And uh, Buffy's like, what? Were you sh- uh, who, what? And then immediately uh, <laughs> this we start hearing, why had to go make things so complicated? Yes, to get Avril Lavigne a few, years, a few years before that song actually comes yes, out. They, they knew it was coming psychically. And this this is the line that always gets the first the first uh, tear well mm. from me. Mm. Because... Uh, Willow looks at Buffy's face and she says, it's complicated because of Tara. And then uh, everyone gasps <gasps> in the entire world. She just told Buffy. I love Buffy's reaction is so funny. She's it's like, so you mean Tara has a crush on us? No. Yeah. <laughs> and, then and then she's then, like, oh. oh. And I, this scene, like, I feel like I'm watching. I feel like I'm just in someone's room watching this happen during this. It's so good. Like the acting right. is so good it and the feels, writing is so good. It feels really real. It's, it's like it's yeah. as though Marty Knox, like someone has come out to Marty Knox in in this exact way before. Right. She researched gays or something. Right. <laughs> she researched the gays or something or and something. Uh, yeah. So she goes through this whole thing and then she starts saying her name. As she always says, she keeps saying Will. She's like, I think Tara's a really great girl, Will, and uh, you have to follow your heart, Will, and that's what's important, Will. And she's like, <laughs> Why do you keep saying my name like that? And she's like, Like what, Will? <laughs> right. Uh, Willow. In during this, Willow's saying uh, how there's something between her and Tara. She wasn't looking for it. It's just really powerful. It's totally different from her and Oz. <laughs> and uh, she's like, Well, but like what she. What gets me in this scene is when she says, when Buffy realizes she's being a little weird about it, and like, she's like, and Ter- or Willow's very like vulnerable, and she's like, "Are you freaked?" And right. she's like, "What? No, Will." I, and then she's like, "No." She like kind of collects herself. She's like, "Absolutely no to that question." Yes, that is that is so sweet. It gets me every time. Uh huh. So she tells her how glad she is. She told her, and then she just goes straight to being the supportive friend. Which, okay, so, you know, it is, like, it's not fantastic for someone to react that way. Uh, I, you know, I understand because of society why it would happen. And, you know, it's great that this sort of reaction isn't, does, probably doesn't happen as often anymore. I'm just, and I'm not, I don't have a problem with it. But I'm not, I don't want to be like, oh, Buffy's reaction was perfectly fine and we can't ask her to react any other way. No. I th- well, I think I did, I'm not saying that you said that. That's part of why I think it's real because it's not like, she's not just like, well, I, I just love you no matter what. Right, exactly. Friend. And that's, I say that to be like, this is very, this seems very realistic, particularly for the for this particular time because everyone's aware of the existence of gay people and like there's, been like for the past few decades at this point there's been like you know all sorts of conversations about gay people politically Mm -hmm. but and like people know about gay people and a lot more people are starting to be like oh gay people are fine i guess uh Mm -hmm. that's as far as they had gotten in 2000 (laughs) and uh, uh i mean it was basically at that point i mean you know i was like nine uh huh, 10 years old 11. <laughs> I don't remember how time works. Anyway, um, 
so it wasn't as apparent to me but like to me it was my sense of it where we were it's like you could acknowledge that gay people existed. It was like about it. It was like there was this abstract idea of gay people, but most people like had even, even like it would be easy to watch TV without seeing a gay person or Mm -hmm. to live and walk around and know people without knowing anyone was gay. So, but, and as far as Buffy knows, this is the only gay person she's ever met. Right. Which is crazy because she lives in Southern California it's true. She doesn't know. She didn't know about Larry. Right. Exactly. So anyway, or well, she may have actually because he was super out later on. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I like that Buffy like battens down the hatches immediately and starts to be supportive, even though it's like, just like imagine telling someone something like it's a huge deal. I I've never had this reaction in front of my face from someone about anything before. And they're just and they react this way. It's like, oh my god, should I have not told them? Uh, mm-hmm. But it's I'm glad that Buffy puts you know a hamper on it. Yeah, I mean, and to me, it's like I'm processing this. I'm processing this. It's a surprise, right? Like not like, and we just like we get to coddle the straight person and be like, I yeah, know. I get it. They're freak out, whatever. And we, we just gotta wait, and the straight person will be okay. Right, right. <laughs> Let their delicate little straight snowflake calm down. Right, exactly. So uh, Buffy gives her some really good advice. She says, uh, someone's going to be hurt no matter what. You just have to be honest or it's going to get a lot worse. Uh, yeah, Willow, that might be something you want to... That might be a lesson you want to learn and remember. Mm. We'll see if that happens. Mm. So, and Buffy, you know, maybe you as well could take your own advice you know sometimes that's the hard it's so much easier to give it to other people right exactly oh it's so, so it's so it's not as easy to take it but it's pretty easy to give it mm. you know ask tops and bottoms <laughs> everywhere um especially the switches they know oh yeah the switches they get it so the verses we cut to spike napping <laughs> and then we hear some clomping ass heavy ass footsteps from some massive mud flaps turns out to be adam yes and Spike hears it, and he, I, I like that, I do, so vampires sometimes sleep, and sometimes they don't. I guess he just felt like, he's like, I don't have anything to do. <laughs> it, it fit the scene. Yeah, right, exactly. So he uh, grabs his hand, and he's like, I'd peg you as a demon. Would you peg him, mm. Spike? This, <laughs> I love the, uh, I don't know if it was the, like, gay shit in this scene was purposeful, but... <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, so he's like, I'd peg you as a demon. It means you're in for a world of... And then he sees Adam and he's like, what the fuck is that thing? Oh, no. I think he's like, oh, fuck. Because it sort of seems like... Oh, he knows what Adam is? Or sort of, is, yeah. Sort of. Or at least he knows that he's dangerous. And right. then he's like... And then Adam wants him to come. Yes. And then... Uh, he says, I want you... Spike, I want you to come with me. <laughs> and, and then... And then he's like, let's go then. And Spike hits him. And he's like, you're going to help me with my problem. Because I'm going to help you with yours. <laughs> and Spike... It's funny because Spike is like... He's like, oh, okay, then let's go. And then he tries to punch him to run away. And he's like... He's just like, ow. Right. <laughs> he does nothing to Adam. Uh, so we cut to Willow showing up to Tara's room. And she's like, I'm just going to be here for a minute. I just want to talk to you. Uh, she explains that she did not have se- sex with Oz last night. And Tara is delighted. Mm. She's like, and uh, 
Amber Benson is so good in this episode. Like Seth Green, uh, Allison Hannigan, and Amber Benson are so good in this episode. Yes. Amber Benson's just like her reactions to everything. And like sh- you can tell that when Willow comes into her room, Tara is like, okay, Willow's about to tell me that she's getting back together with Oz. And every single time like she talks to Willow in this episode, she's like, "You, sh- Willow's getting back together with Oz. Right. I'm about to learn that Willow's getting back to get together with Oz. Uh, so she like her face lights up when Willow says that nothing happened. And it's really like I w- I w- I kind of wish um, we need to at some point bring somebody of the uh, sapphic persuasion on the show uh-huh. to sort of discuss this sort of uh, phenomenon of like the way that I mean it it I feel like particularly in that time, but even still, like the way that it was kind of more okay for women quote unquote to like explore stuff outside of just regular heterosexuality yeah and there's the whole stereotype of women experimenting in college right and it's but that was just because societally for some reason people are like it's a little bit more okay for women to do it than men and it's the answer is because straight dudes think it's hot or something stupid well and also when you're a woman with a woman you're not giving up your uh, societal masculinity right so all of those stupid patriarchal things that fuck everything up right exactly um but yeah it w- it's just interesting like the concept of like it seems like this is something that probably a lot of people can relate to where they're like with this person who had been in like heterosexual relationships before and sort of discovered their uh-huh. queerness and then you know, you're maybe always kind of like, especially at this beginning point of it, you're kind of like, oh, are they going to just kind of like all of a sudden be like, wait, or <laughs> what are you doing, man? I'm not a fag. If you tell anybody about this, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> yes. That's Back the, to cruel uh, intentions. Yeah. But uh, that literally happened to me once. Uh, I mean, uh-huh. not, not word for word, but I think like, you may have told that story in that very episode. It very, very similar experience happened to me. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it wasn't really, yeah, but anyway. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's something that uh, it would be interesting to hear from, you know, somebody who like identifies as a woman to like get that perspective. Yeah, any, uh, any, co- any, anyone who was a college lesbian with a formerly maybe straight girlfriend, uh, let us know it, how close this experience is for you. When like I've, because I've heard, like I have a friend who's lesbian. She's talked about like people she's been in relationships with or knew or like who they had this really intense thing together. And then this person is like, once they kind of got out of college or whatever, then they're like, well, I'm straight now. I'm going to get married. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And I mean, not, not like in a, I'm bisexual. I'm attracted to women and men. I'm done with women. I'm straight now kind of thing. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Which is so, I don't know. People are weird, man. And that kind of shit happens with gay men too. And oh yeah, I still I still sometimes see people on social media, and I'm like, you know, like there are people who like know th- about you, right? Like you c- you don't have to do this, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah, like the whole I'm doing it to have a family kind of weird thing that right. still people do, which is sad. Very sad. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. <laughs> So, so uh, Willow talks about how complicated everything is. She feels like her head's going to explode. 
explodes, explode. And Tara is like, well, whatever happens, I'll still be your friend. And Willow's like, what the fuck? I'm obviously still going to be your friend. Why are you even worried? She doesn't say that. <laughs> she's like, that's not even a question. Uh, and Tara's like, I know what he means to you. And she's like, how can you? And I'm not even sure. Mm-hmm. I know what he meant to me, but he left and everything changed. I changed. And then we, and Tara's like, what? Say it, bitch. But she doesn't. Uh, Will's like, I don't know, life is starting to get so good again, and you're a big part of that. And here comes the thing I wanted most of all, and I don't know what to do. I want to, but I don't. And Tara is like, it seems like she's on the verge of tears, and she's like, do what makes you happy. And Mm -hmm. she strokes her face, and they hug in a very similar way to the way that uh, Willow and Oz hugged earlier in the episode. Right. And I just wrote, I'm not crying, you're crying. I'm not crying, you're crying. It's so good. Yeah, it was lovely. And then... We got Oz out in the hall for some reason. Yeah, he's looking at it. I guess he's like, what clubs am I going to join now that I'm coming back to school in the middle of the yeah, semester? Yeah, working on getting back in or something. Uh-huh. And, and he, he said he thought he s- heard Willow. Yes, because Tara's walking by. And he could smell the Willow scent. Yes. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, you're coming back to school here? He says he's feeling oddly motivated, which I thought was funny because Oz hates school. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's like, that's great for you and Willow. Uh, He says, I hope so. And he's like, is that her sweater? And Tara just kind of like keeps going. She's like, I hope you guys will be happy, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you smell like her. She's all over you. Do you know that? And she's like, I can't talk about this. And she tries to leave. And he's like, there's something to talk about. Are you two involved? And he's getting angrier and angrier. And uh, he he tells her to stop, and he, like, grabs her, and he says, is she still in love with you? He, like, yells at her. And then... Is she in love with you? Not still. Oh, did I say that? Oops. And, yeah, this this part of the episode feels really weird to me. Like, he just goes... So I just so okay. hard that he gets like so angry, and he turns into a werewolf I have in some, the daytime. I have something to say about this. So, <laughs> yes. first of all... This is it is very common to complain that this uh, that this part of this episode and Wild at Heart are out of character for Oz. Mm-hmm. I think that is I don't think people have to like it and I think it's reasonable that people don't like it. I think it is a little bit extreme. I do not think it's out of character. First of all, we do not know enough about Oz's character as I went on a whole diatribe about in mm-hmm. Wild at Heart. Second of all, the only times we've ever seen Oz angry have about all Willow. been to yeah. do with Willow. Like when he, he smashed the bar, the urn thing for the spell. And the v- like the very first episode after he turned into a werewolf, he punched Xander and knocked him to the ground because he was on the phone all night with a crying Willow talking about Xander. Oh, right, right. So like I'm just saying this is not Yeah, no, it's we not have, it's not totally ridiculous and out of nowhere. Uh, so we like have evidence for him getting angry yeah. when it seems like Willow is in danger or it might be taken away from him in right. some way. And also, like I don't think they make it clear enough whether that that emotion is just from Oz or if there's like some werewolf, werewolf influence part, coming. Right. I think if it, it it makes sense to me that perhaps what the stuff he's doing to keep from turning to a werewolf is also like having some pent up anger stuff. They could make that, they could have explored that more because they seem to hate saying anything about being a werewolf in this show. They do not care about it. 
Yeah, it's it's just like it just seems like they didn't have time to develop it enough. They had plenty but, of time before this. Yeah, that, for sure. But I mean, like once he left, right, and bringing him back for this is like just not enough mm-hmm. to go into it. But yeah, I I agree. That's kind of where I was gonna go with it too. Like he, like something about the things that he's doing to cure it. Like he it he just has to keep an equilibrium basically all the time. Or right, now exactly. He can change at any point. Sort of like the. Uh, the Hulk. And yeah, exactly. And so like they had so many opportunities to like give Oz depth like at all before mm. this season and they didn't do it. And now they're paying for it. This like, this is a consequence of bad choices from earlier yeah. seasons. I don't know that it's necessarily like a bad, I think that he had this vibe of being like aloof and really like, yeah, uh, they just wanted to lean into him being the comic relief guy yeah. who is a catalyst for willow's character development and like yeah he's he's just very uh cerebral and very quiet and like you hear his thoughts and they're like intense philosophical things mm-hmm. and stuff and yeah so he just doesn't share a lot so i i am all for people being uncomfortable th- with this and not liking it and i get that completely it is not out of character Mm-hmm. That I do not believe you can say that this is out of character for because we don't know enough about him and of what little we do know about him, this makes perfect sense. That is very fair. So he tells her to run, and I was like, "Poor Tara, she's been in nine episodes, and this is her third chase she's scene." Just, every time there is a monster, she is chased by that monster. Almost. Exactly. And uh, yeah, so then the initiative guys show up, and uh, it's funny because she threw that chair at him, and then he just was out, and I was like. She knocked him out with a chair, and then I was like, "Oh yeah, the initiative guys." Yeah, I I thought the exact same thing. Maybe they she had she's good at chase scenes like that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's I guess that's part of why they let her do it so often, or maybe just because like it's this new character who Willow is into. But she's good at them. I like her chase scenes. Right, right. Uh, so the initiative comes in after they tranquilize him. Uh, I also I like that she fights back. She like she can't get that door open, so she's mm-hmm. like, "Okay, I, I'm gonna fight." And she throws the chair. Right. Yeah, I I do like that too. I kind of wish. I mean, I know like budget wise, they couldn't be doing like big magic shit every episode. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, you can't have them get too strong too fast. But it would have been kind of neat to see her do. Well, they've all they've really. Oh well, she did do that him. in Superstar. I'm saying with him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes but sense. Yeah. Especially, like, since we've already seen her do something. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't think the fog thing... Probably I mean, wouldn't have worked very well. You don't want to do it again anyway, but then also it just wouldn't have... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that observation. So they they recognize it that it looks kind of like the thing that took down Graham. I, I like how they say the, the demon that took down Graham and not the demon that killed Willis. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> not really. I mean, Willis... No one cares about Willis. But Graham important yes graham is very important he gets like a line every six episodes yeah <laughs> so tara tries to intervene she's like that's a person and force is like we'll handle it dumb mm-hmm. scared hysterical woman right yeah we are men we do not have time to discuss right <laughs> we must testosterone him <laughs> yes so we cut to spike and adam and spikes uh just finished hearing some sort of plan that sounds like fun uh, and Adam's like, I don't want to totally anni- hu- annihilate humans. That doesn't really help. I need heavy casualties on both sides. And Spike's like, I don't know how the Slayer fits into this. Adam says they need a leader, and the Slayer can do that. 
<laughs> and uh, Spike's like, the thing about the Slayer is she's really whiny, but she tends to win her fights. Right. And <laughs> I love uh, Adam's like really sassy in response to that. He says, then you, then maybe you should be on her side. Right. I was like, oh, Adam. And then he's like, you promise you'll get this chip out. And he's like, scouts on her. <laughs> and then you get the line, you were a Boy Scout. And he parts says, of parts me. of me were. And I, <laughs> and I was like, which parts, Adam? Mm. <laughs> it seems only his shoulder and face. Those seem to be the only human parts. But only like the upper like two thirds of his face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, uh so then uh Tara is immediately finds Willow and Pragmatic. Yeah, I mean I do like to I mean it just would not have been a good character idea to have her do this, but like there is a world, right, where the the new love interest is like, oh, well, the competition's out of the way, and then just doesn't oh, like, yeah, say right. anything. But Tara's I mean, not a that's fucking not, horrible person. Obviously, that's not Tara, like, based on what we've seen. And so it, it just, I, I, that was just the thought that came to me of, like. <laughs> that's what you would do in this situation? No, that it's just, <laughs> it's, it's, she immediately is like, I have to find Willow and tell her right fucking now. Yeah, which, you know, some characters, even if they did not want to be vindictive, they might just be like, they might just be like, oh, I'll tell Willow when I see her next. Right. <laughs> so um, she tells them they decide they have to find Buffy. Then we have a Scooby meeting uh, where <laughs> Anya's like, well, they probably haven't had time to eviscerate him yet. <laughs> and Xander does his classic, like, shut the fuck up, Anya thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, come on, Xander. Like, Tell them. I mean, everyone understands that Anya is like a little socially weird. Like, do they? I mean, they should. I don't think they do. But you, I, you're right. They I, should. I feel like they've interacted with her with her enough so far. No, I think I think there's evidence later that they still don't get it. But or maybe they um, know, know that it is a fact, but they are still do not annoyed by it. Yeah, exactly. Um. So <laughs> she's. <laughs> Buffy is paging Riley, uh, and he's not answering. Right. <laughs> uh, and then uh, we cut to uh, the initiative, and uh, Oz is in a cage in the aluminum foil pool. <laughs> I wrote, yeah, I wrote so much Mylar. <laughs> it's all <laughs> over the place, and it's noisy, too. Yeah. Like, the sound technicians must have, like, really hated the writers. They'd be like, listen, if we have to do any scenes here, no one can move. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh and they're wondering if it's the guy that killed Willis. Uh, they're going to get some DNA evidence and check that. And Riley's just like pulls out a gun and he's like, who cares? I don't need DNA. I'm going to shoot this demon in the head. Suddenly I'm very mad that demons exist. And yeah. I'm like kill it. suddenly like, oh, I'm Mr. Follows orders all the time. I'm Mr. In- still in the initiative, even though they like hate my girlfriend and created a weird demon monster cyborg thingy. And none of the initiative guys have ever been killed or like even injured. Right. Like I'm so I'm so angry about this now that I'm just going to like forego orders and shoot this thing in the face. Like, <laughs> whoa. I mean, I guess. To me, I just think they ratcheted up this side of it too much. Yeah, it's a little. It make, is a lot to make the Riley makes the right decision thing more powerful. I guess. Right. Exactly. But I, yeah, I feel like they overcompensate a little much. Yeah, it could have been. It could have been a little bit toned down. I don't know that he needed to point a gun in Oz's face. <laughs> exactly. And then change his mind when he saw Oz turn into. I mean, like he's so he's so like conflicted about the initiative, but he like 
just completely disobeys this order immediately. So anyway, um, and is going to shoot what is essentially to him an animal in a cage. Right. So yeah, it's like, it's like those people. It's like those gross people who go on like safari and hunt lions or something. Anyway, right. I hate it. And so Oz immediately turns back, and he's like, "Oh my god, maybe I shouldn't just pull guns out and shoot things." And then they're like, "All right, let's proceed with the test." And like, I was like, "This seems pretty war crimey." Yeah, like, incredible. Uh, this is like a li- this I- this guy is indistinguishable from a human being. I mean, I guess you could say the same thing about vampires, but like they, like they know werewolves are not werewolves all the time, right? And it's not like oh yeah, and it's not even. I mean, well, first of all, who knows what they even know about vampires? Like right. the whole like soul versus not soul thing because they are only selectively moral when they feel like and it. also like they're they yeah because they think these demons are just animals but and, and they so, don't believe in the magic part of it right but putting all of that aside it's just like I mean I know these are supposed to be like evil government scientists because science evil but like. It's a bit ridiculous. Yeah, it is they're a just lot. Like, they're not even, they have no problem just being like, well, let's shock it. Right, exactly. Here we go. And you better now, shut up or you're going to have to get out of here, Riley. And Riley is, yeah, Riley has completely, he's done a 180 in two seconds. He's like, <laughs> this is an actual student. This is a person and I know them. They're like, who cares? I Shoot don't him. give a shit. Yeah, it's like, I am evil ridiculously evil government bad scientist. <laughs> so Riley gets escorted out and they shock Oz with a gigantic shock and he turns back into a werewolf. Yeah, they've got like it looks like they have a mini version of the ray gun blaster thing. Uh-huh. And they're like the transformation is related to negative stimulus as g- though the audience can't just get that themselves. And the one guy is like I always thought the whole full moon thing was campfire talk. Right. And, uh, so yeah, I was like, which it's really funny because it's not <laughs> right. And uh, yes, yeah, so they're just about violating every single ethical rule that exists, like for you know holding someone captive, experimentation, working like, with animals, if working that's even what they with anim- even if they thought it was an animal. Like yeah, it's it's wild. Like imagine like. A lion attacks someone, and then you like subject it to electric shocks, right? With with a like a weapon, right? Exactly. Not it's even crazy. like low voltage like tests type things. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's absurd. But so back whatever. at back at uh, Giles's apartment, now that Riley is not answering his phone, it's this is urgent, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, so they're going to they are now again faced with uh, infiltrating the initiative, and we're like. Jesus Christ. Right. <laughs> also, like, um, in case we haven't made it abundantly clear, we are totally over the initiative. Um, especially like you can't do anything but like have to sneak in there. Like that's all you are all you're gonna do with it is sneak into the initiative. Yeah. It's I don't know. It was a good idea that just didn't uh it just kinda came out half baked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh anyway, um so then they're talking about Buffy's lost her clearance and Willow is just going to be able to hack into the power grid of course and <laughs> shut down the entire city very easily. Right and she's she wants to go with them to the initiative though and so she's like I can just tell Giles what to do and I was like can you Willow? 
that seems a little advanced for, for Giles. Who hates of all computers people. Yeah. and thinks they're I guess, evil. I guess in I guess now that he's unemployed, uh now that he's not a librarian, he's he's, he's working changed. on computers. <laughs> I mean, well, and even it does he's just sort of telling Anya what to do. Right. In the end, he's not even doing it. But so yeah, so they're like, We're gonna get and we'll use the back way, blah blah blah. And then uh spike just walks in well so spike's someone who says or you could use the back way yeah that's right thanks and then <laughs> and he says what everybody's thinking he's like you might want to or the door was unlocked you might want to watch that rupert someone dangerous could get in <laughs> and then puppy says <laughs> or someone formerly dangerous and currently, currently annoying. annoying that was really funny uh, this is, it was at this point where i also really noticed uh that uh her hair was once again on point with the curls. Oh yeah, right fantastic! Uh, I cannot wait for for season five because her hair is so good mm. for the rest of the series. Like mm. there are a little bit of ups and downs in this season, and I think the curls are sometimes a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once we get to next season, it's always good. A mm. mm. uh, little little cheeky foreshadowing there about <laughs> Buffy's hair. Eleven out of ten, Kyosis. Absolutely. So he's like. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Giles is like, are you sure it was cash, Spike? And he's like, yeah, I happen to be looking for compensation. Uh, he also really likes jacking. The subtitle said jacking up those army ginks. And I'm I'm a little bit like afraid to say that yeah, word. Because I'm worried that you probably just said some horrible slur. I hope I, I did. I mean, geek is also a slur. And that's what I thought they were saying. That's true. Oh, Zach is Googling it right now. <laughs> Oh, a foolish or contemptible person. So it's very possible, uh, like many of our insults these days, it's probably a little bit ableist. Yeah, it's probably horrible. So <laughs> um, let's just assume and not say it anymore. <laughs> yes, right. So uh, then he's like, I can get you in. No alarms, no cameras, no waiting. Uh, oh, I did like what's the going rate for a wild goose chase. Yes, me days. too. I agree. That was good. And, and he's like, I've heard from other guys who've gotten out. I can get you in with no alarms or cameras or waiting. And then we cut to a Nike. We get to see Seth Green naked so many times. Mm-hmm. More, more times than Angel. Right. Uh, and Riley comes in, unfortunately, not Nike. And then. Unfortunately <laughs> is right. It would have been weird. In civilian clothes? Nike. Yeah. So. Well, I think we're supposed to kind of get that. Like the visual disconnect from the, yeah, he's done. And so, well, he did come down there straight from like the classroom when they arrested him, basically, and has been there the whole time. Um, Wait, what? I'm talking. Like they grabbed Oz from the psych classroom. Yes. And oh, came I thought. Straight down oh, there, Riley's been. He has he like been in left. street clothes this whole time? I didn't even notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah he been, was, wasn't he? Well, and yeah, Buffy's been trying to call him, and he hasn't been yeah, answering. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. been there the whole time. I, for so. some reason, I thought he was not in his street clothes when Oz was first captured. But no. wait, no, no, he was. He wasn't in his street. He clothes. He was in his street clothes. He was he not was. in his street clothes when they were patrolling. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> anyway, so. uh he gets Oz out, and I don't. What did he think was going to happen? This was dumb. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're not even really being like particularly sneaky or anything. They're just walking into a big open area, right? Exa- they... Like he thought no one was going to be watching the place where all of the monsters are being held, and then they're just like very, very Forrest is just very dramatically like end of the line. line. I'm like okay, girl. So we cut after the break to Riley in this little He's holding like, cell. First you get this Slayer girlfriend, and now you're rescuing this naked werewolf. 
Right. And you <laughs> still haven't fucked me. Yeah, you're with other naked men. <laughs> so <laughs> the colonel comes into this cell that Riley's in. He doesn't give him permission to speak. And he's like, "This you've shown signs of disloyalty after meeting this girl, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and he's like, how dare you disrupt our war crime, <laughs> you, you monster. This is court-martial thing. And he's like, but tonight to release a lethal HST... Uh, and Riley tries to be like, it was a person, but he's like, shut the fuck up, you bitch. Right. And like, in what way is he lethal? Yeah. I mean, they think this is the guy who killed Willis. Maybe. They said it could be one of 40 different demon species. True. So, uh, anyway, uh, he says it can be a court martial thing and that Buffy and And he says tomorrow he, there will he will be court martialed to investigate his involvement with the Slayer and their band of freaks. Right, and they're anarchists. Yes. And then he's a traitor. No woman is worth that. Blah, blah, blah. Military bullshit. And then, right. <laughs> uh, and then they just, yeah, they try to. S- <laughs> I also wrote in, I forgot to say, at ease. Because they're like, <laughs> they just go so hard on the military stuff at random times. Yeah, it's too much. Like, when, s- when they bring in Oz and are experimenting on him, everybody's just kind of like having a conversation. <laughs> right. And like, out of nowhere, it's like. Yes. Kind of like out of nowhere. It's so stupid. Anyway, Spike, uh, Xander, Buffy, and Willow are walking through the woods. And I love how Spike and Xander get to be wearing commando outfits, but Buffy and Willow have to be wearing scientist outfits. Spike is dressed as an evil olive. Yes, uh, which is what Willow says. And I mean, to, to be fair, we have not seen any female commandos, I don't believe. Yeah. Which... I mean, weird, but not crazy for the that time period. But I, women I were think in the there military. Would, yeah, there point. would be there. It would make sense for there to be a few, but then we would lose that kind of false binary thing that we have That's going true. on That's thematically true. with the masculine initiative versus the feminine mysticism. Of yes, exactly, the exactly, Zachary. That's some so. figurative brain. <laughs> <laughs> I have a figurative brain. So they come to this, yes, uh, they come to this poorly hidden entrance in the woods, uh, and we see that Adam is watching them on the monitor, or he's like, he, he's like unlocking the entrance from he's a computer that, somewhere else. He's got that 1.0 megabit per second DSL modem going hardcore, baby. Right. So Plugged into that Ethernet cord. Right. It's, it's kind of this thing where you're like waiting for Adam to ambush them or something, but all he does is help them, really. Right. So, and Spike is like, nasty town like Sunnydale, no one seems to mind the locks. Yes. <laughs> so, he goes in, and they follow him, uh, and Adam's monitor is, like, I don't know, changing. Well, like he's, he notices, like, spying on them or something. He, like, notices that they're hacking the yeah, exactly. power grid or whatever. So, Anya is helping Giles with the grid. She's the one actually on the computer. Why is it necessary for for him to know that? I don't understand. For him to know, for who to know for what? For Adam to notice that they're doing it and basically do it for I them. I mean, maybe he was already planning on doing it. Because, I, so, like, the, the him being able to, like, access all of the internet, basically, or whatever... <laughs> yes. really does not matter in, at all. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't really come up. <laughs> I just want to say. That's true. I mean, I th- I just think this is the uh, Joss Whedon being really into Ultron. 
Right. Yeah, Joss Whedon and trying to make Ultron but without actually making Ultron and maybe every time that's part there's of the a problem. yeah, every time there's a science fiction Buffy episode I'm like, okay, okay, Joss Whedon, like we get it. <laughs> right. Uh so uh, Anya like types in a code that Giles gives her and she's very pleased when it turns out that they w- it worked. And she says, "Slap my hand now." <laughs> and he's like, "What?" And I'm like, "Giles, pardon? you know what she she means. Calm down. Like, she's just like, do it." In celebration. And then she's like, "Ow." <laughs> yes, very funny. Uh, Buffy has a crossbow in the initiative. Mm-hmm. I just love that she has this crossbow and everyone else has guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she points it to points it at a sleeping colonel who sleeps in the initiative. Right. <laughs> has secret initiative sleeping quarters. Right, she's like, you know, I'm good with this thing, uh, and he's like, Finn stays in the brig. It's a court martial offense, and she's like, oh, so he tried to help Oz. So this guy has just given her information, and he's like, you're here for the wolf. Yes, and she's like, a two for one deal, a two for, a two for, and then uh, <laughs> she does this little <laughs> ruse where she walks in front of that guy and drops his her steak, and he's like, hey, and this is reminiscent I of day yeah. one of yeah, what uh, day one of. <laughs> Keep go, go ahead. <laughs> Reminiscent of uh, Welcome to the Hellmouth. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you caught that too, and I feel like it might have been on purpose because he's like you. Yeah. He's like you dropped your. And she punches him in the face. Yes, which is what Kyle would like to do to Xander sometimes. Exactly when even when that happened. So <laughs> can I ha- can I have you? <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, then she uses his card to get into Riley's cell. She's like, talk later, stealthy escape now. Mm-hmm. And he's like, if I leave now, I can't ever come back. And she's just, she kind of stares at him like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then he's like, I just wanted to hear that out loud. Right. Which I that is the Joss Whedon of it all is like the or the the good parts and the and the uh, um, what's her name that wrote this? Uh, Marty Noxon. Yeah. Um, that's like the the good writing from them that I expect. Where it's like, he's it's doing a dramatic thing and then making fun of it, kind of. Right. I, exactly. I, I do appreciate that. Uh huh. And then, so they're walking around with the crossbow pointed at the colonel's head, and she's and uh, they were are ambushed, and she's like, "Stay back, or I'll pull a Will Burroughs on your leader." Do you understand that? Reference? I don't, because I looked it up, and it's fucking wild. So go ahead. I thought for some reason, I think just the burr sound of Burroughs made me think Aaron Burr, and so I was thinking he was like somebody that like shot someone in a duel or something, but. He was a writer from like the 20th century. And the thing that this is referencing is that he shot his wife in the head and he told the police is because they were both drunk and were do- he was trying to do like a William Tell type stunt. Oh my God. And shoot like a bottle of liquor off her head or something or a, a drink. Jesus. Um, but uh, I was also reading, and some people think that he just, that's just a story he made up and he was just tired of her. Well, yeah. I. Because he was a gay man, actually. Oh, Jesus and Christ. He, uh, like, his whole story, I was reading it and I was like, this is fucking wild. Because he was really big friends with uh, the guy on the road guy, uh, Jack Kerouac, and uh, another big uh, author from that period. Um, he wrote, William Burroughs wrote The Naked Lunch, which hmm. is like a big, that's like his big thing. But I mean, he wrote other stuff too. The Ladies Who Naked Lunch. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's like the, he had this wild, like queer life and like his friends were like, 
One of them was like a somebody who had tutored this guy, but then became obsessed with him and like followed him around the country. And eventually the other guy just like murdered him <laughs> and him and that other writer who is a big name writer that I can't remember the last name of right now. We're both like material witnesses in it. Uh, he and he was like addicted to heroin and oh all kinds God. of lies. Read William Burroughs' story. I'm all not right. doing it justice. I'm telling it horribly, <laughs> but like it is fucking wild. Uh, damn. So Xander's like, you'll bore them to death with free prose, and she's like, was I the only one awake in English that day? And <laughs> also, yeah, it's really funny that she said that because I after I read all that, I was like, Buffy knows about this guy. I don't think. They taught that in your English class, Buffy. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Xander, maybe if she's taken college English. Xander was obsessed with on the road, so that's true. So contemporary. <laughs> that was only for one week when he didn't get into college, mm-hmm. or when he didn't try to get into college or mm-hmm. whatever. So, uh, uh, so she says, "I'll kill him." Uh, so <laughs> she, uh, uh, she g- goes into an elevator with everyone. Oh. Yeah, sorry. I wrote, I was like, what does that mean? Because I wrote, <laughs> it looks like I wrote were hand, but I wrote where hand because <laughs> Willow kind oh, of yeah. reaches for Oz and then he has the werewolf mm-hmm. hand. So they get into an elevator with the colonel. Everybody has very stiff jaws. They're very tense. And they uh, get upstairs. They leave the elevator and he says, you're a dead man, Finn. And he says, no, sir, I'm an anarchist. And he punches the colonel in the and face. This is after he ripped the wires out of the elevator control thing. Oh, I, yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, so, yeah. And uh, I, I was like, this is like, I feel like this could have been a better. I don't. I feel like if the buildup were better, then this would have been a really good payoff. And I like yeah. that this happened, but I'm like, this is like it's supposed a little to be bit really disproportionate. Like, yeah, it's supposed to be really like, fuck yeah, Riley. Uh. And like, it's there. Like, they've had. It's not not there at all, but it's also not there enough. Yeah, they've basically had like since Hush to like sow this like discontent with the initiative with him. And there's yeah. been a little bit of that, but he's still just been like going on along with everything. I think if they had introduced this Colonel character earlier and he was like a real fucking hard ass and was right. like, giving Riley a lot of shit this whole time about like, if it wasn't just like Forrest being a whiny bitch about Buffy and it was like this dude actively making his life more difficult uh-huh. and like stuff like that. I think if there had been some sort of storyline along that way, but the problem is they introduced this really complex thing of the initiative and then just like did didn't not do anything, do with, anything it. with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a- a- until they, they did enough until Maggie Walsh died. And then they're like, well, that's it. Yeah. It's, it's pretty bonkers to me how they just completely dropped the ball. I with mean, it. it's, I mean, and that is why a lot of people really hate this. Season. Yeah. <laughs> and just, I, th- I would say, don't you think this is probably kind of like universally the least liked season by a lot of people? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and definitely Adam and the Initiative are considered the worst villains. Oh, yeah, absolutely. By far. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so we uh, see Riley and Buffy camping out in the ruins of the high school, and they're just kind of decompressing. I was like, there's got to be safer places to camp. And then I made a riff on their joke. I was like, there's got to be safer tornadoes. She could have gone home. <laughs> well, I don't think she's staying with him. Oh, uh, well, it's. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe she is. I, I, think don't know. Th- I think they are. 
But yeah, it's so weird that they're like, let's go to the ruined high school that has a hellmouth underneath it. That's right. a safe place <laughs> to be. I mean, I guess no one was going to expect Riley to go there. Sure. I don't know. I mean, not that anywhere in Sunnydale is really safe anyway. But. True. Uh, so uh, he's. she's like, we were too findable in a big group. We had to split up. What should we do next? And he's like, we're, we should be safe for tonight. Everything's still blacked out. It'll slow them down. I'll figure out my next move tomorrow. She's like, quiet a day, huh? You woke up to your Wheaties, and now you're a fugitive. And uh, he says he's glad it's done. He knows where he stands, finally. And I was like, we've had so many episodes for this to actually be a conflict. <laughs> right. And uh, he's like, I, I'm sorry about being a bigot earlier. And she's like, no, you were thrown. She's like, oh, I've had this experience now, so I get it. And we were both like, Buffy, you didn't like threatened to kill willow <laughs> right also uh he she's uh, this is how i wrote in my notes he's like i was being a bigot and then she says no you weren't and in parentheses i wrote yes yes, you was. <laughs> you in, yes in fact you were uh and yeah she's like <laughs> just because she was slightly thrown off balance for like five seconds by her friend coming out to her does not excuse him being an asshole right exactly uh and be uh what kind of demon what kind of demon is it doesn't matter right anyway but we need that little in cap of the comparison right i guess I uh-huh. mean, well do we need it uh, no. not really did we get it <laughs> yes we sure did so uh, anyway. so it, the scene ends with buffy saying i have to tell you some stuff about my past it's not all stuff you're gonna like mm. so me thinks she might be about to tell him about angle <laughs> <laughs> so oh, yeah i just teleported back to our instagram post for angel and then uh, right <laughs> and then she he's like you could tell me anything and she, she says, says i think so <laughs> i think i can and then we get another tearful a tearful scene between willow and oz in oz's van mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like it looks good considering you drove it overseas <laughs> right <laughs> and he he explains that he had somebody like store it for him while he was gone. Uh, no, he says it broke down broke down outside of Mexi- Mexico, and he had to trade his base to get it fixed and stored. Oh, okay. I didn't I didn't see that part. So I didn't yeah. hear that part. And so, uh, I was like, oh no, Oz had to trade his base. He's like a musician. That's his whole thing. Right. And then she says the thing about him changing, and you stopped the wolf from coming out. I saw it, and he says. The one thing that brings it out of me is you, and I find that shitty, but... Yeah, it's very... I mean, it's consistent, like you said, with how uh-huh. he has been, but annoying. And, but, like, that's the whole thing of, like, the werewolf. It's been that way with since phases. It's like, all men have a dormant monster inside of them, even the chillest one. Right, right. Which... Bleh. Yeah, exactly. It's but. I've never liked it, and they've refused to say anything about werewolves except for that, basically. So it, Right, and then Willow starts blaming herself, because he also kind of is blaming her. And then um, it kind of turns... <laughs> they just kind of, like, go away from that. Yeah, like, right. But you're happy. And she's like, I am. I can't explain it. And he says it may be safer if you don't. Uh, like I couldn't possibly hear about you and your girlfriend. I guess I just forgot how gross this is. I mean, I think a lot of people do n- would not look at this conversation and see it as like annoying and like weird. It's not. I mean, it's not like heinous or anything, but it's just very like. I don't know. I just hate it. It's like I'm blaming you for the way I am reacting to you. 
Right. Which is so shitty. Yeah, exactly. And whatever. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Like, maybe... It's I not Oz. I don't blame Oz. I blame the writing, but... Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I agree. <laughs> so... To me, that's like a level of, of self-awareness that I feel like Oz does have and they could have given to him. Right, exactly. To, and it's really weird to not be at least like... It's the werewolf. Like, I, it's an uncontrollable I primal force. Like, of course... It's not your fault, Willow. Uh, yeah. They just do not care. They're like, oh, the werewolf was cool for an episode, but now, like, we need to get rid of it somehow. Like, they just don't care even a little bit. Anyway. Like, so much stuff about vampires and Angel being tortured and Spike, like, not being able to hit people and mm-hmm. what that means for him as a vampire mm-hmm. and just nothing about being a werewolf. It's yeah, like, there's like, I hope I didn't kill a person and that's it. There's so much gray area for Spike. And then for yet for this, there's no time. I mean, I think I do think it is like a logistical problem, like with Seth Green being gone. They just did not have time. They had to write for it. They had a season and a fucking half to say anything, and all they did was, "I hope I don't didn't kill a person," and that's it. (laughs) So I I I blame the writers wholeheartedly, completely, not logistics, even a little bit. So, uh. They, uh, the next part of this conversation is actually really nice. So she's talking about how she missed him and she wrote uh, him a lot of letters, but she couldn't send them anywhere. And she says she couldn't live like that. And he says something I agree with, finally. It was stupid to think that you'd just be waiting. Yeah, yeah. it was stupid. <laughs> that is pretty dumb. Uh, and she says, I was waiting. I feel like some part of me will always be waiting for you. If I'm old and blue-haired and turn the quarter in Istanbul and there you are, I won't be surprised because you're with me. I- I just wrote, yeah, just wait till she's over her lesbo phase. <laughs> right, exactly. I don't, man. I, I know this is supposed to be like a really sweet moment between them, and it generally is. I yeah, I didn't really take it that way. But I didn't. I didn't think it was like, oh, we'll finally be together like we're meant to be. I thought I I yeah. saw it more as like, uh, I don't know, we've touched each each other's souls. And right. Like, I've heard it said that people come into our lives for a reason. Yes, which something ironically is very lesbian. Bringing something we we're talking about. Wicked, if you don't know, we are <laughs> me- we are meant those who have you have you heard of? Do you burn. know Wicked? I've heard <laughs> of it. Uh, that was a very obscure reference to the Sloppy Seconds podcast. So yeah. Anyway, I it's just another thing that kind of just kind of annoyed me with the scene a little bit, but not like not See, enough to ruin it. I feel it, like I was so prepared to be annoyed with everything, and I thought I didn't even take any issue with that. I, it's like I said, it's not like it doesn't ruin it for me or doesn't like make it totally bad, but it's these little things that are just kind of like but yeah. Ugh, well, I really like that this part of it, and I think it's really sweet. And uh, so sh- he's like, I- I've got to take off. And uh, he sa- she asks when, and he says, pretty much now. Bookends. Mm-hmm. And she tearfully nods. They hug, and she cries because uh, she, she kind of got all this shit dumped on her in, like, one day. Right. I wrote so much red hair and tears. And then the audience is going to get some tears if they weren't already crying because we cut to Tara sitting in the dark in her black room <laughs> as she's looking out her window, which yeah. doesn't even have the the uh, curtains drawn or anything. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so Willow's holding a lit can- <laughs> she, she lit the candle and then walked to the room holding it like this. Mm-hmm. And she says, 
uh, I brought I, I brought you a candle. It's extra flamey. And Tara's kind of unsure. She takes the candle from Willow, who comes in. and I wrote, a witch with no candles? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, that's how you know Tara is really, uh, really upset right now, because she hasn't lit any candles. <laughs> <laughs> a lesbian with no candles? A lesbian witch with no candles. <laughs> that's uh, unheard of. Like, she should have at least 100 candles and four cats already. <laughs> There's no Miss Kitty Fantastico yet. So, uh, Will s- Willow starts to talk, and Tara's like, I understand you have to be at the person you love. And Willow says, I am. And Tara says, you mean? And Willow says, I mean. Uh, she tells her she feels horrible uh, about everything she put her through, and she says she's going to make it up to her starting right now. And Tara blows out the candle, and the screen is black. Out, out, brief candle. <laughs> Wait, was that supposed to be Lady Macbeth? Uh, is it? I thought, oh, no, you weren't doing out an out damn spot thing, were you? Oh, no, it's a different Shakespeare. Oh, okay. <laughs> what? Wait, what is that one? I think it's, isn't it Hamlet? I don't know. Or is it Othello? I don't know. I'm not a scientist. <laughs> and that is New Moon Rising. I cannot help but love this episode. No, it is from Macbeth. Sorry. Uh-huh. I had to Google <laughs> it. I needed to know. But it's not. it ha- doesn't have anything to do with the line I was talking about. No, two different parts. I think <laughs> Macbeth himself says that. Gotcha. I think. Maybe. I don't remember. Well, <laughs> so as we go through the series, we're going to give each episode a score from 1 to 10 stakes. Zach, how many stakes are you going to give this episode? You know, this might come as a surprise uh, with all the shit talking that we did about <laughs> different parts of it, but I did still give it an 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10! And what about you? Uh, I, listen, I am only human. Mm. I am fallible. Mm, I never we have never claimed that this is an objective rating system. Obviously. And I think you pro- particularly this season you have figured that out if you hadn't already. Mm. <laughs> so uh that's just a preface to me saying I'm giving it a 9.5 and it's a minus 0.5 for everything that's not Tara and Willow in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. And we uh, need to get that on a soundboard. I just can't not love this episode that even Paul sound. Right. It, it's like the annoying initiative stuff gives me like time to ruminate on the Willow and Tara stuff before it happens again. Yeah, I mean, well, and it is, this is, I mean, okay, it makes a lot of sense for people to really be attached to this episode because this is the first time that we are formally told something is going on. And like Tara and Willow, like they have a relationship. There is like a, there is even like the, even though it just continues to get more explicit, there is like a little bit of plausible deniability up to this point. And, but in this episode, even they don't say, even though they do not say gay or girlfriend or relationship or anything like that, it is very, very clear that that's what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're blowing each other's candles out right now. (laughs) That's right. uh, so anyway, yeah, no, it's uh, I th- it is overall a good episode. I mean, I know I critiqued it fairly heavily, but that's just how I enjoy things. Yes. Uh huh. So let's. I move mean, on. I I I critiqued it a lot as well. Let's move on to the MVP, Kyle. Who's the MVP of the episode? <sighs> Zach, I am a simple man. Oh, simple kind of man. Leonard, he's he's the Leonard Skinner of podcasting. <laughs> 
My MVP is Tara. She's yeah. just so mature and kind, and she tells them about the initiative taking Oz, and she's just, she's my sweet baby angel, and I love her. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, it was between Willow and Tara for me, and I yeah, I think it's Tara. You deserve it, Tara. Mm-hmm. You're the best. Sweet little angel baby. Sweet little angle baby. All right, it's time. This is another... I feel like I've been saying this a lot, sarcastically. There's nothing gay about this episode, at Zachary. How are you going to queer analyze it? Right. I mean, obviously, this one's not terribly difficult. The subtext is fully text. It's not... There is, there is no subtext. Coming well, there is texting. subtext, and it is subtext about gay people, but there's also text about gay people. Yeah, so anyway, I mean... The obvious queer relationship between Willow and Tara is blossoming. We're seeing that, you know, come to fruition. And then, like, it's it's still very, like, late 90s, early 2000s in the way that they can't seem to name anything yet. Um, and uh, that is happening. So, you know, of course, there's that element. But then, you know, it's fun. Like, I, I sort of touched on earlier when the real kind of, like, things that queer people experience like bigotry about like being in relationships with each other and coming out and stuff is actually told not through the (laughs) the literal queer relationship but through the willow oz relationship um and then you know riley's whole storyline about being like emotions are evil which you know it's not the best metaphor because Mm. Many demons are actually evil by nature. <laughs> right. Well, that's the thing about this show that is interesting. And when I say interesting, I, I mean complicated and uh, a little bit wishy-washy. Uh-huh. Because the definition, they definitely, as, like, they start out very black and white, evil, good, blah, blah, blah. These are, they're vampires, evil, people, good. Or, uh-huh. well, that's not even true. Van- <laughs> just vampires, evil, slayer, good. <laughs> and then as the show kind of goes on, you have humans who are evil. You have uh, supernatural creatures that are neutral, good, you know, uh, and they really kind of explore that and they sort of get away from this s- sort of fakey binary good and evil thing that isn't real. Uh-huh. Uh, and the whole Tolkien-esque, uh, you know, a whole race of creatures that is just evil because... Right. <laughs> Which is, yikes. Racism. yikes aroni. So anyway, um, yeah, so they explore that a little bit through Riley's uh, objections to Willow having dated a werewolf and then him kind of coming around because it's like, oh, I actually know a werewolf, which is, you know, that's basically a fairy tale amongst the queer people at this point. The whole, like, family member or, like, you said earlier <laughs> the straight ally girl's homophobic boyfriend who's like, well, at least he's not one of them queers. And then you're like, well, I'm queer. And he's like, oh, but but you're not one of them. Blah, blah, one, of them right. blah, blah, one of them floating around making noise ones, like Family Guy said. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, but, that is very funny. Which means, you know, femme. Uh-huh, um, exactly. But yeah, it's I've experienced that, right? Like uh-huh. I'm sure you have. Where it's like you have the person and like you're in this place and they're like, I am amongst other people who are homophobic. And then suddenly they're like, oh, whoops. Right. Exactly. And then and but to some of those people's credit, once they realize they have met a queer person and they're like, oh, that person is actually a human being. 
not just some kind of weird idea that stupid ass politicians scream at me about to make mm-hmm. me be distracted from the fact that they're taking all of my money. <laughs> um, then, you know, they get to actually like engage with the person and like the fear of this other that they've never met sort of dissolves when you actually end up meeting in reality. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes they're still assholes and should be punched in the face. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so like the Colonel, Colonel like, much like the Colonel. Yeah, it all connects. See? <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, that's my quite brief, astute. My brief oh, queer analysis can. And I just want to give a disclaimer to everyone that uh, I am planning on having the bisexual conversation. I think we're. I think we should. Oh, Kyle's coming out on the podcast. Oh yes, it's. <laughs> I'm bisexual again, everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we should save it for the <laughs> season reflections. Mm. Wait, what's the bisexual conversation? You've never, you've never like read a hot take from a Buffy fan that's like Willow is actually bisexual, and her not being bisexual oh. in the show is biphobia and by erasure. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we, we we can we can discuss that sure. in the reflections. I feel like it's an important thing to discuss on yeah. a gay podcast. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, let's move on to the gayest moment. Kyle, what's the gayest moment? Spike, I want you to come with me. (laughs) 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 The only way it could have been gayer is if he just broke into the the Lady of the Lake solo from Spam a lot. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Come with me. Come with me. (laughs) Right. Uh, I don't think that show existed at this point, did it? No. Uh, Maybe. I don't know. I don't know when it started. Anywho's, uh, let's see, what's my gayest moment? You don't have mm. to have one. But You're not I obligated. Want, I want one. Um, it's not necessarily gay, but kinky is the <laughs> s- the part where they're shocking uh, Oz's titty and he changes into a werewolf. <laughs> I literally right. said aloud to Kyle while we are watching it, somebody has jerked off to that scene. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. So. Are you ready for an angel report, Zachary? Give it to me. This week's episode of Angel is the conclusion of Angel's Faith Two-Parter Sanctuary, where Sanctuary. Right. There's right. not as much faith as you would expect in it. I mean, she's there. Angel like takes her in and like uh like lets her sleep at his place and stuff. And there's this been this whole thing since the last episode, like we've been getting angel flashbacks and stuff with like mm. him being recently ensouled and things like that. And <laughs> ensouled, yes, such a funny phrase. And you know, Term? the whole thing Word. is like about redemption and wanting redemption and how to redeem yourself and things like that, doing terrible things and wanting to make up for them. Uh, and but also it kind of gets it gets a little bit derailed because Buffy comes and she is like she's re- she's like incredibly annoying in this episode actually <laughs> she's so mad that Angel has faith sleeping at, at his place uh, she's kind of like Ozish about it, actually. <laughs> like she's like, "What the? F- are you guys fucking? What? What's going on?" And it's like it's crazy. She is mad. You mad, bro? And. Uh, but anyway, that kind of takes up a lot of the episode. But anyway, in the end, they end up thwarting Wolf- Wolfram and Hart, and uh, Faith gets herself arrested, and she agrees to go to jail. And she, you know, she has to agree because she would be able to fight off all those people if she wanted to. Right. Uh, so Faith, in a bid for redemption, has agreed to do some jail time, and Buffy is really bad at Angel and leaves to go back to Sunnydale. 
Mm. Because uh, I don't know in... I don't know. I don't know when she learns that faith. Uh, that faith is in L.A. I guess it happens off screen. I don't know. Mm. But anyway. So wait. Okay. Is the is the crossover coming? No. It this season or is it next season? What crossover? That. Uh, well, maybe you shouldn't talk what? about it to be non. I don't know what you're talking about. The angel. Buffy crossover. I don't know what you're talking about. I haven't seen Angel the season The swoopy coat scene. No, it's on Buffy. Oh, there's like, that's in like an episode. <laughs> that's like next episode. That's what I'm asking. Like, oh, is yes. it coming up? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there will be an Angel crossover. I believe it's the next episode. Is the next one the I'm Yoko pretty sure factor? it has, yes, yeah, the Yoko Factor next week. Okay. Uh, which I'm excited for. Mm-hmm. All right, so there's your angel report. We all about redemption and uh, faith. We we get some light for faith. Finally, finally, mm. we had we get some light for faith. Mm. It only took two seasons or one and a half. Seasons, uh, one in three mo- quarters. One in most season. of another. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Zachary. Do you want to tell people where they can find us? Yeah. So, um, thank you so much. First of all, for listening. Uh, that is it for New Moon Rising, not to be confused with the novel New Moon by Stephanie Meyer. Or um, Bad Moon Rising by someone. Yeah. I see Bad Moon Rising. Uh, who is that? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't can't remember. <laughs> uh, and then, um, what was I talking about? <laughs> you were telling people where they can find us. Oh, right. <laughs> so, um if you liked what you heard, please be sure to leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to read your review aloud upon the pod. Um, and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at BuffyGazePod. You can also reach out to us through email at BuffyGaze at gmail.com. Share us with your friends pretty please. We would love that. Yes. Let us be your pass around party bottoms. <laughs> Absolutely. Pass around party podcast bottoms. Pa- pass around party podcast bottoms. Pa- pa- pasivos, because that's bottom in oh. Spanish, so we can make it alliterative. Pass around, Pass around party, party podcast, podcast pasivos. <laughs> so, uh, yes, you, this has been season four, episode nineteen. We are we're fucking like this is leading us into the climax of the season. Uh. That's the the next two. <laughs> Sorry, the next two episodes are the climax of the season. I know, I'm not ready. Uh, so join us, it's please. It's going too fast. I know. Join us, please, next week. We're already over halfway for season four, episode 20, The Yoko Factor. Mm. Till next time, I am Kyle. And I am Zach. And we are your Buffy Gaze. Uh, Zach, I want you to come with me. Kyle Access. Kyle Access. Kyle Access. Happy slaying. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. Goodbye.